Welcome into another episode of the Sports Plus Rewind. I'm Corey Miller here with Mike Bush. We have a special episode today. If you grew up in St. Louis like I did and ending up working up in sports in some form or fashion, Jack Buck was a god. And I bet it was that way for kids outside of St. Louis because he was everywhere for decades and decades. That iconic voice joined Mike Bush on the Sports Plus couch in 1997. We're going to relive that a little bit here. Mike's got a ton of Jack Buck memories. Any way you want to introduce this, this one. This was just a 1997 interview, but the truth is we would have Jack Buck on uh, every year on Sports Plus, and any time you get to spend with Jack Buck was, was a, a memorable moment, at least it was for me. Let me tell you a, a little story. So when I was a kid, I did not grow up in St. Louis. I grew up in Chicago. Um, but I used to turn, you know, the Cubs played during the day, so their games were over, and my parents would send me to bed, and I'd take my transistor radio, and I'd put it under my pillow, and I'd listen to Jack Buck uh, on KMOX. All right, fast forward to 1985. I'm hired by Channel 5, um, and Channel 5, uh, for many, many years, did Cardinal Baseball on TV in, in, in the pre-cable days. And uh, so I immediately became the backup announcer for Cardinal Games when Jay Randolph could not be there. And my first game that I ever did was at Dodger Stadium. And Jack Buck was my partner for the first three innings. Then Shannon did the middle three innings, Mike Shannon. And then Jack Buck joined me for the, for the latter three. And uh, Jack said, uh, why don't we have a conversation? He took me into the media room. This is before the game. And I'm sitting at a table with Jack Buck and Vin Scully. And, oh, my and he introduces gosh. Me. Now, just so you understand, <laughs> I was so nervous about doing this. I was 26, 27 years old. Just doing Major League Baseball was just such a big thrill for me. And, and... And Jack Buck was such a generous and nice man to me. He could not have been nicer to me through the many years that I knew him. Um, and I'm sitting there discussing baseball, and he's he's introducing me to Vin Scully, and Vin Scully's being very friendly, and good luck today, kid. And you know, it was just I just I had no sleep the night before because I was too nervous. So now maybe it was a year later or so. Um, we go to the ballpark at Wrigley Field, and I'm doing a game with Jack again, Cardinals and Cubs. Now, again, I grew up in Chicago. Doing a game, a Cardinals-Cubs game at Wrigley Field was a big thrill, and I uh, called the front office, and I got two tickets for my parents to come to the game, sitting in seats. And so before the game, we're on the field watching batting practice. I'm standing next to Jack. I'm just following him around like a puppy dog, trying to, <laughs> trying to absorb whatever I can absorb. And, um, and then I see my parents. They come down to you know the brick wall there. And I, I, I said, Jack, come over here. I'd like, you to introduce my I'd like to introduce my parents. So I do that. And he says, well, you're going to let them sit in the booth, aren't you? Well, it never occurred to me to let them sit in the booth because – I mean, I would not, you know, try to interrupt anybody. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to cause any problems. I just, you know, just want to do my job. And so he literally escorts them to the booth, and I'm doing a Cubs Cardinals game with my parents, my dad sitting right behind me, and I'm working with Jack Buck, and he says to me, "All right, kid, you're on your own," and he leaves the booth 
after the first inning and lets me do the second and third inning by myself. Wow. I mean, this is the kind of guy he was. He was just such a great guy, and he was so generous to me. And so anytime we could get him on Sports Plus, we got him on Sports Plus. Um, he, he, to me, I mean, he will always, in my mind, be be the iconic Jack Buck, um, one of the greatest broadcasters in the history of baseball broadcasting, but also one of the true class acts that I've ever met in, in, in all of, uh, of sports. Well, here it is. Let's take a listen. Mike Bush and Jack Buck on the Sports Plus couch in 1997. And joining me now is broadcaster turned author Jack Buck. For years and years, Jack, people have been asking you to write a book. But I'm still a broadcaster. <laughs> right. But why now? Why did you want to write the book? I, I don't know if I can really answer that question. Enough time has gone by. And we kind of hit on a, a certain formula where everything wasn't, I did this and I did that. We talk about things other than Jack Buck. We talk about Gussie Bush and Whitey Herzog and talk radio and talk TV and the Depression and the military and today's, uh, today's life and how things have changed in this country. One of the stories in this book is that there was some talk that Jack Buck would become the general manager of the Cardinals before Dow Maxfield got mm -hmm. the job. And he said you didn't want it. Lou Sussman was the uh, lawyer for uh, Mr. Bush and very involved in, in the baseball team. And he called Bob Hyland and told Bob that he wanted to talk to me. And so I came down and he started asking me about certain people. Would they qualify as the Cardinal general manager? And I said, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to be involved in this at all. I'm, I'm a broadcaster. I'm not going to help you pick the general manager. But when he, when he came up with the name of Dal Maxville, I endorsed him. I thought he'd be uh, terrific because he's a player, he's a coach, uh, an educated gentleman capable of handling people and so on and so forth. Then Bob Hyland called me at home and he said, you got to get down here. We've got a problem. He said, they're going to offer you the general manager's job tomorrow. Well, you can get fired from that job. <laughs> a lot easier to get fired from my job. So I, I told I told Sussman that I wasn't interested. But it, it might have turned out that I would have been the general manager, and I probably would have been fired by now. <laughs> and I'd had to write four or five books to make a living. Did it did it cross your mind? To never, say, never. No, no. I, why would I want a job like that? And by the way, I couldn't, even if I owned the ball club and had all the money in the world, I couldn't bring myself to pay a player $10 million a year. I couldn't. Isn't it amazing? I could not do it. Could you? No. Although I wouldn't mind if they wrote me a check. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'd take it, but I wouldn't give it. <laughs> um, you mentioned the name Bob Hyland. Mm -hmm. You still miss him, don't you? I, I, I do because he was he was a stabilizing uh, influence in our uh, in our uh, industry, and he did start talk radio, which led to talk TV, most of which is quite good, some of which is terrible, and some of it is uh, nothing more than trash or filth. And I wish it wasn't on the on the air, on radio or TV, but. That's the way it is. Yeah, I do miss him. He's a good guy. We're we're kind of like brothers. Yeah. Uh, before we went on the air here, we were taping some promos, and Jack said to me, he said, uh, boy, television has changed. It really has. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really has. Should I tell that story? Yeah, sure. We had a fellow here in town. He, he, really, he was the outdoor editor for the uh, Globe Democrat. It was the start of the deer season. I was doing a TV show on Channel 2, and he had shot a deer, and he strung it up in the studio. He was going to talk about how to dress the deer. We thought he was just going to talk about it, but he took out a hunting knife and he slit the throat Ugh. out of that deer and he ripped it down the middle. 
and the cameraman passed out, and the camera went up in the air. <laughs> I almost passed out, and the phone started to ring. Man, what a day that was. But that's typical, the way things have changed. And here we are in the studio, just the two of us. Right. You know, it used to be a lot of hubbub with light people, lighting people, and camera people, and so forth. And you'd hear all kinds of things on the PA and the speaker. It has really changed considerably. Yeah. How about the, the job of baseball broadcasting? Has that changed? I think it has. I, first of all, you can make of it what you wish. You know, as long as you have the job and you use common sense and you keep the job, you can do it in almost any fashion you desire. But I kind of think that the owners, the general managers, and the sponsors and so forth want everything nice and level and clean. They don't want to create any waves. They don't want to create any rhubarb. And I said in, in the book that I don't think Harry Carey, broadcasting the way he used to broadcast, could get a job today because he was so... Uh, so controversial and so uh, hot-tempered on the air. It used to be, and the folk, older folks out there know when they listen to Harry, he'd say, here's a pitch ball for get him out of there. Get somebody up in the bullpen. I used to sit there and say, he's going to get his ball fired. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think I don't think you can broadcast like that. He, he didn't get you both fired, but, but he was fired. Not for that. Not for that. Not for that. But tell me about that relationship. What was it? You, you, you and Harry, when you first got oh. to St. Louis. Well, he, 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 didn't, he didn't want, he, he wanted Chick Hearn, who has been a longtime broadcaster for the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. And he was in Peoria at the time, and he was Harry's choice. And then after I came here from Rochester in 1954, Milo Hamlin was with us the same year, 54. Then Garagiola came here because Harry wanted Garagiola, and Milo got fired. So I was the odd man out. And then we had... Harry Carey, Garagiola, myself. Then we got Buddy Blattner, 1960. And I got fired, and I worked for ABC on the game of the week. And then I came back because Garagiola left and Blattner left. And the second time I came back, Harry and I were uh, good friends from then on. And then he was gone, and it was all and yours. He was gone, and I was here, yeah. yeah. But you left to do TV, working on the NBC Grandstand show with Brian Stumble, to, by well, the way. Why do you have to but mention that? I, just, I, I do want to bring up that, that you did leave the Cardinals to, to, to try to do something else for a while, and it just didn't work out. Every time I tried TV, a television reminded me that I should go back to radio. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a radio guy, always have been, always will be, and uh, it, it was worth a try. I'll probably get fired today for being, <laughs> being on with you. But I, I, I needed some help over there because I was messing up the program. And that's when they got Brian Gumbel, and he came from uh, California. He was doing news and sports out there. And then uh, we were down in, uh, after we worked together, and he did that grandstand program, we were down in Bradenton, Florida one day, one spring, and he pulled me aside. He said, I've got to ask you a question. He said, they want me to do the Today Show. Do you think I ought to do it? I said, come on, what are you asking me for? You already know. You already know you're going to take the Today Show. Why are you wasting our time talking about this? And so Grandstand led to great big things for him. And I am thoroughly happy the way things turned out. I didn't belong in New York. I didn't belong on television. I belong here on the Cardinal Broadcast. I want to talk more with Jack Buck and more about the book, That's a Winner. And we'll talk about his son, Joe, and his success when we come back. Stay with us. We continue now on Sports Plus with the legendary Jack Buck. Why, why do people say that? You sound, you, You're in 11 halls I, of fame. That's, you, that's a legend. You sound like Tony La Russa. You know, here, <laughs> here comes the legend. You know, here comes the Hall of Famer. And I, I don't know whether he's putting me on or kidding me or being nice. 
I know, why do you uh, use that term? Well, because you are. I mean, anybody who's in 11 halls of fame is one of, one of them my high, school, my high school. That doesn't <laughs> count, does it? I think it does, actually. The Missouri That's Athletic 11 Club. more than a lot of us are in. And the Missouri Athletic Club, does that count, too? <laughs> sure. But yeah. the Baseball Hall of Fame is, is the most special. No, the number one for me. Yeah. And, the, and the Radio Hall of Fame in Chicago, I think, is, is important. But nothing equals the Baseball Hall of Fame. Did you ever dream when you first became a baseball broadcaster, not just the Hall of Fame, but you would touch as many lives as you have? First of all, when I started in 1950 in Columbus, uh, I didn't think I'd be in it this long. That's been, this would be 46 years, and this would be my 43rd year with the Cardinals. And when you start the job, you don't think you'd be doing it 46 years. When you go to McDonnell Douglas, you don't say, I'm going to work here for 46 years. <laughs> right. First of all, they kick you out after you get to be 62 or 65, and I'm 72, and I'm still doing it. Uh, a wonderful uh, schedule. It's great for me just during the home games for the most part, maybe a trip or two. But no, you just keep on doing. Pretty soon it's five years and 10 years and 15 and 20. And sometimes I sit down and I write out 1954. This project, I start in the 60s and 70s and the 80s. And that's a long time. It's about 7,000 baseball games. Yeah. And you told me you went 35 years without missing a I broadcast. I think about 35 years. I went, I went about 35 years without missing a broadcast or being late for a broadcast on, on football or baseball or basketball or soccer or wrestling or bowling or any of the things that I did. As a broadcaster doing a game, is there a most memorable moment? Well, there, there, there are more than one. Sure. You know, they started in 54, and I can remember a lot of things in the minor leagues that happened in 1950 or 51 or 53 in Rochester. Well, when Stan Musial hit five home runs and a doubleheader the first year I was here working with Harry, I thought that was astounding. And then, you know, the exploits of Gibson and Brock and Ozzie Smith and winning the pennant in 82 and winning in 64, 66. When you win, it's terrific. And last fall was exciting, but the people have forgotten, I'm sure, how much more, ex much more exciting it is when you win it all, like in 82. And it lasts all winter, and everybody just... Just can't wait for the next baseball season to start. Speaking of winning and, and the World Series last year, the guy who broadcast that to millions of people was, was your son, Joe. Um, that had to make Papa feel pretty proud. To yeah, that, that there's, there's no way I, I can uh, dodge the issue. He's, he's terrific. I, I, I don't hear anybody he else. He is terrific, too. I don't hear anybody else as good as he is. But just last week, somebody gave me a cassette from 1987, I was in the studio doing the billboard, you know, brought to you by and by on radio. And I put him in the studio. He was 19 years old. And I said, do it. Do it in a minute. It's hard to do in a minute. I can't do that. And they recorded it at Clayton Studios. And the guy gave me the cassette. He did it five times. The first one was so-so. The second one was better. The third one was very good. The fourth one was better than that. And the fifth one was terrific. And he was 19. So I could tell even then that he had the leaning you know, with the diction and the phrasing and the timing, just from being around the business to, uh, to being a good broadcaster. And he knows his stuff, and he's a good kid. And, and, yeah, and that's another thing. He is a, he is a good kid. Um, but I say kid. He's a kid to me. He's a kid to you. But uh, here he is on national television right, in front 20, of millions of people. 27 years 27 old. 27 years old. And he's been doing the Cardinals for seven years, I think. Right. Um, you weren't there. He was there for opening day in Montreal. Um, mm -hmm. I know... You're doing mostly uh, home broadcasts now, but do you miss doing like the season opener? Maybe, maybe like the season opener, yeah. 
I, I watched the game, the game, and listened to it at, at the same time. Then they were playing the next night, and two nights later in Montreal, I went out to dinner. I had the maitre d'. I was listening on the radio on the way to dinner, and then I had the maitre d' check the score, and then listened on, on the way home. And it, I'm still very, very involved in rooting all the time for the Cardinals. What do you expect in this year's Cardinal team? I think they'll win the division again. I think Cincinnati just got a bad break when they lost their closer, Brantley. Brantley, right. I, I think the Cubs are going to be a competition, and Houston's going to be good, but I think the Cardinals will win it. You saw them down there in spring training. Yeah. And we have all the component parts. As long as they stay healthy. And we've had a lot of injuries, more so than we had last year, except we lost Gant for uh, 40 games. Right. But as soon as Gant starts to hit in, in Mabry and Jordan and the others, it'll be good. I, I hope they get Dimitri Young in, in the lineup uh, and leave him in there for a while because I think he's going to help the Cardinals change the picture a little bit. And also, as we spoke this spring, I think Delano the Shields is going to have the biggest impact on this club this year than any other player. If the Cardinals were to win it all this year, next year, mm -hmm. are you looking for something like that to say, I, I, don't, want, I don't need to do this Every time anymore. I come out of here, you're trying <laughs> He's trying, trying to, to get rid of you. He's trying to get us No, scoop. I'm he's, not. I just, he's, he's I, trying to get me to quit. <laughs> uh, be, because we're winning, it's much more enjoyable. And I, I think I've said it before. I don't, I don't think this year is going to be my last year. Next year might be or probably will be. Or, that's the way I'm looking at it right now. But these things uh, usually take care of themselves. And, you know, who knows what the heck's going to happen tomorrow. And you're feeling good? I feel wonderful. Yeah. Jack Buck. The book is That's a Winner, written with Rob Raines and Bob Briggs. It's, it's, always a, it's a good book, but it's not worth 24 No, it is. It is worth that. Thanks very much. Thank it's you. always a pleasure. We'll be right back. All right, so that was Jack Buck with Mike Bush on the Sports Plus couch here at KSDK back in 1997. Just, don't you just love hearing his voice? It's great. It just, it's iconic, yeah. uh, not just in St. Louis, all over the country right. for everything he, he did. And, and if you went to any charity events in St. Louis and he was the MC, he was hysterical. I yeah. mean, he was really, really terrific as an MC, and, and he did a lot of charity work in St. Was he, Louis. Was he ever on Carson? I'm sure they brought him on there a few times. I, I don't know if he was, to be honest. I he don't would have been know. a great guest on there. He would have been. He would have been great. So you guys talked a lot about the book that had just come out at that time. That's a winner. I'm pretty sure it was called. Um, there are a lot of good stories in there. One of them we were just talking about, uh, Jack Buck almost became the general manager of the Cardinals at the time. That would have been insane. Uh, yeah. They said they wanted – they called him in. They asked him for his recommendation. He really didn't want to get involved. He told them that he uh, – Suggested, suggested Dal, Maxwell. Dal, Dal Maxville, who he thought do a good job. And then they bring Jack in and say, hey, we want to give it to you. And he's like, no, 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 no. I think no. he made the right choice. I think he did make the right choice. They also talked about, uh, you guys talked about the style of baseball broadcasters. You can do it really any which way you want. There's uh, no real formula to being a broadcaster. But he doesn't think Harry Carey could have done his job today uh, the way he used to do it back then, just as animated as he was and uh, – I'm not Homerish is, is I guess I don't know maybe the word you would use just if somebody well, had he told it like it was if somebody had a bad pitch I'll get him out of there and he had an unusual style yeah. um and and Jack and and Harry were very different but both you know very beloved he did tell me once uh maybe not in this interview but he did tell me once uh on the Sports Plus couch uh when he first started with the Cardinals he says yeah Harry met me with open fangs <laughs> <laughs> Because I think at first, yeah. you know, 
Harry didn't want anybody else taking his airtime, and and you can kind of understand that. But eventually they became good friends. So he talked a little bit about the booth of Joe Garagioli, Harry Carey, and Jack Buck. There's that this picture that I think you used in some video you overlaid during the interview. Yeah. It's hanging up over at Bush Stadium, I think, in their like media lunchroom. I see those guys all sitting side by side in the booth. That's, that's, Look, that's three Hall of Famers booth. in the same booth. <laughs> that's insane. It's nuts. It's how spoiled would you have been growing up listening to that every night? Well, I, I have said this for a long time. I think one of the reasons that St. Louis is, is the best baseball town in America is because for so many years we have gotten baseball lessons – on the broadcasts, I, 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 I think I've said this before on this podcast. For instance, it, in, in other cities, if someone is at second base and you know there's nobody out and there's a ground ball to the second baseman and he's thrown out, people have no reaction. In St. Louis, they applaud because the batter moved the runner over to third base. I believe that Jack Buck and those folks taught St. Louis – what baseball was all about, at least help teach St. Louis what it was all about. And, um, and I think they're responsible, uh, at least partly, for, for how wonderful a baseball city this really That's is. That's a good point. Uh, you guys also talked about Jack doing TV compared to radio a lot. He had some good quotes. He goes, every time I tried to do TV, it reminded me why I should go back to radio. <laughs> some great self-deprecating humor. <laughs> He's a little too hard on himself. Uh, and then he said, I'll probably be fired for being on TV with you today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you re- you remember, he left the Cardinals because he had a national broadcasting opportunity to go to a show called Grandstand, which, is, by the way, was the first national show, I think, that we met uh, Bryant Gumbel on. Yeah, he was, you, he talk, was, you guys talked about yeah, that. Yeah, so he was his reporter. And, um, and so Jack, uh, you know, he left the Cardinals, and thank goodness uh, he came back. Because yes, I I just think you know, uh, we we all th- we're we're all in the job and we and we find a niche and we think well maybe the grass is greener on the other side or maybe I should try this as a new challenge whatever it might be, but Jack was perfect for St. Louis. He was perfect for the St. Louis Cardinals baseball broadcast, and 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 you know that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Joe has a great like chapter. I don't know, not so much defending his dad, but talking about the whole time when he did go and go national and it didn't exactly work out in his book that he just that not just came out a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, you've done radio. You did radio for the Rams. You've been on TV for a long time. Yeah. Just what's the challenges in trying to do both of those? Uh, I mean, quite honestly, uh, they are two very different mediums. Uh, in radio... It, it, you know, your voice is is the description. There is no other description. So you have to keep people apprised of the score at all time. If you're doing television, uh, you can tell stories as you go along if you're doing baseball. Mm-hmm. You don't have to describe the play-by-play because yeah. people can see the play-by-play. Um, I, I do believe that on television, just like radio, you have to do a lot of homework. Uh, I did, when I when I did radio for the Rams, it was a rough year for me in terms of in terms of trying to be able to do both jobs. That's because, a lot of guys to know about. Well, <laughs> that's yeah. For it's football, so yeah. I tried to memorize the other. I mean, I already knew the Rams, but I had had to memorize the other team's roster. And you really much, you really pretty much have to memorize almost everybody who who's going to see some action. 
and you have to memorize their numbers and then a little something about them. And, you, you know, you write it down. But you do a lot of homework. Um, you know, when you do baseball every night and you're, saying, you're seeing the same three teams, uh, same teams three nights in a row, then, um, you know, you get a little bit of a break. But, um, I, I, I mean, it's, I, I think they're two very different mediums. Some people are great at both. Um, I thought Jack Buck was fantastic at television, so I don't know what people were talking <laughs> about. I think Joe Buck is fantastic at television. Yep. I think Bob Costas is just as good on radio and television. So, uh, you know, uh, people have their own opinions. But but there are, I mean, like, I happen to love listening to John Rooney on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think when I listen to him, I know exactly what's going on, who's up. I really get, I can close my eyes and get a sense what, of what's what going on. What color the jerseys are, what, what the Absolutely. stitching looks like, every little thing. Absolutely. He's so specific. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I really can appreciate that. And I love Dan McLaughlin doing doing television play by play because you know he's in there with Jim Edmonds or Ricky Horton or Al Hrabowski or whoever, and they're and they're giving you great stories about what's going on, um, whether whether it's you know it's a particular play or something that's happened in the past. Uh, I, I think I find them both very entertaining. Some other great tidbits from your guys' interview. Uh, you call them legendary. He tried to call you on that and say, no, no, no. He's in 11 Halls of Fame. I think that yeah. qualifies <laughs> as, as legendary. Went 35 years without missing a broadcast. That's insane. It's How does, nuts. That's insane. I mean, we all get colds. And he wasn't young or any, he wasn't particularly young no. at the end either. I mean, we all get colds and the flu yeah. and all that. And he just, you know, he just showed up at work every day. Talked about his most memorable moments in the booth. I mean, it was hard to single out one for him. He named a lot of different players. Musial's five home runs and a doubleheader, he talked so about So he those. had just started. I mean, he was just starting in St. Louis when Musial hit those five home runs and a doubleheader. And, and he said to me once, he says, I, I was I was on my way home and thinking, does he do this every night? <laughs> uh, but most of all, he just was excited when they won it all. And when they didn't win it all in the mid-90s, early 90s, how much you just want to get back to that point because he was around for the 80s. He knows how that felt. Yeah. And those those early 90 teams, not so great. Um, Talked a lot about his son, who at that time, gosh, I mean, he's still I'm still calling the biggest games in the world and was right. calling them then when he was well, 27 now, years old. Now his his son, Joe, is, uh, is also a legend and is called – you know, the biggest events for the longest time of anybody. I mean, back in the days of Dick Enberg and Kurt Gowdy and those people, Joe's had a longer run than any of those folks, and he's done a fantastic job. I, I know I know a lot of people think, you know, I hate Joe Buck. He hates our team. You know, there's a well, lot, a lot of that Well, if everybody's saying media. that about him, then he must be doing something That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. And, and uh, I've got uh, – one day we'll we'll find a Joe Buck interview that we've yeah. done, and we'll put that on this. And I'll th- I've got some Joe Buck stories too. But here's another guy who learned from his dad how to be a really great guy. So uh, some other funny things. He, it was going into the 1997 season, <laughs> I guess. Jack was really high on Demetri Young, which was pretty funny because I don't think he ever played a game in the majors with the Cardinals. I don't think he did. No, but um, but he was there. <laughs> he was he, a top prospect. He was, he was their was top a, prospect. Deli- he liked Delino DeShields too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, part of this thing was when you asked him, how much longer are you going to do this? Before you even got the question out of your mouth, every time you c- I come on here, you get me trying to quit. <laughs> well, we were all worried that maybe one day he'd say, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm, you know, 
you do a cardinal schedule, and you're, I mean, that's a that's a yeah. tough schedule. I mean, you're traveling all the time. So you wondered how long he was going to do it. Um, he once told me, I think I'll die right up here in the booth. So. Yeah. Uh, and then he then he gave everybody <laughs> on a, the ultimate sales pitch to buy his book. It's a good book, but it's not worth $24, <laughs> so maybe don't go get it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, listen. Uh, I mean, I uh, I'm I feel so lucky to have uh, been in this business during the time that Jack Buck was was the best in the business. Um, I, I I never asked him to, to to do anything where he didn't say yes or uh, I can in just a minute or something like that. He just was always so generous to me, and um, it, it, he will always be a Hall of Famer. Uh, on my Mount Rushmore yeah. uh, for the rest of my life. He was the guy that uh, you want him to be as good as he is in real life, and then he was. Then he was. Then he was. Right. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us for this episode of the Sports Plus Rewind. We'll have one in another two weeks here. 